Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down, track by track, but not today. Not today. We've been doing that for the last five years. We've done it 249 times. And today, we're just going to celebrate that fact. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to uh, pop a cork and then uh, reflect on five years of track by track. Share some of our highlights, uh, share some of our favourite uh, musical moments, uh, and just generally reflect on how far we've come uh, with the podcast, with your support over the last half a decade. Half a decade, it sounds long. I did say pop a cork, Will, and I'm glad you did because I forgot all about oh, it. Even go though on, yeah, face, he's, so. he's doing it now. This is not a sound effect. No, we don't do that anymore. No. Or well, maybe. No, go on. Oh! Oh! oh. Blimey. And here's to us. Lovely. One more toast and then we'll pay the bill. Ah, oh, delicious. And it's uh, a Cremant, Will. Cremant. I've moved on from Prosecco. I can't stick Prosecco anymore. No, it just, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's a bit... Uh, it gives me, indi- gives me indigestion after a while. This is a smoother, it goes down a lot easier. Oh, we've How started to mean to go yeah. on. <laughs> And whilst you're pouring those glasses out and you're doing a great job, thank uh, you. I have quite a flake, flake in mine, please. Oh, come on oh, now. No. <laughs> quite difficult when you're trying to present and co produce a wonderful pop podcast and pour a glass of Cremant. Yeah, you can't multitask, can you? Because no. you're a man. Oh. I, thinking back, though, to when we started Track by Track, what, was it, what did it feel like? How did you feel before we pressed record? You know, we've done it hundreds of times now with each other. How did it feel when we were getting ready, when we were preparing for that first one? Can I just quickly cheers you before yeah, I, before I answer? It gives me time to... Oh, is that, is they're not plastic. They're not, they're... Sounds like plastic glasses. No, no they're, they're glass. They're very expensive, actually. And you be careful because you've knocked over so many glasses <laughs> here. You be careful. With no, that. Some of the things that don't make it into the final episodes is uh, when I knock a glass of... Normally something that stains uh, yeah. over a carpet or uh, a white T-shirt. So not with that one, please. No. <laughs> Have a sip. Have a sip before we get going, before I answer your, your question. Oh, very <coughs> cute. Oh. Welcome to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, pop enthusiast and uh, long-time Pet Shop Boys fan. So how did it feel? Well, I think looking back now, it was kind of going into the unknown, wasn't it? Because we just all we knew was that we wanted to do something extracurricular. We both love pop music. We'd already become friends based quite heavily on pop music. And we just wanted to kind of put something out there, didn't we? So I think at the start, it was kind of, it was, I knew we were going to have fun doing it, but it was a little bit like, well, is, is anyone going to listen to this? Yeah. And uh, it was, it was also a case of like, we wanted to do something that hadn't been done before. Mm. And we'd never heard anybody on radio or on podcast media 
talking through albums, every track on an album, rather than just a review of an album, where you actually go in through go into each talk about each track. Yeah. But we didn't know quite how it was going to work, and I guess like when we started doing it, it was. Nerve, a bit nerve-wracking. Oh, very nerve-wracking. Because when you... Yeah, the, before you've done anything like this before, I guess even to a much less extent this episode, because we go, we're doing something this episode that we don't normally do, is a little bit of trepidation of what am I actually going to talk about? But certainly the first time we pressed record on that little handheld recording yeah. device, it was basically a child's tape recorder or something similar. There was just the nerves of, well, what, what do we actually say when we press record? I can remember that first episode, how it started. I, I, I definitely said something like, uh, this is the first in hopefully a reasonably successful series. Uh, we're here, uh, the first of a hopefully reasonably long series. And not knowing at the time how long we'd do it for or whether it would be successful or even what we would say over the course of the next couple of hours when we were recording. Yeah. And it felt like we were starting off on very comfortable territory because we were going to do a Pet Shop Boys album. Yep. Super. Super, yeah. Which had not long come out. and But we didn't know kind of exactly how we were going to do it. No. All we knew, the clues in the title, is that we were going to go track by track through the album. And of course, as you'd expect, it's changed so much because those early episodes were about half an hour long. Now an episode can be an hour and a half sometimes yeah. because we go... We were quite loose on the detail about them. We, we did the detail. We talked a little bit about the tra- each track, but... We didn't go into it as much. So I mentioned before that I'd point out when it was my least favourite song. Please don't tell me it was go- it's going to be this one. I am going to say it to you. Oh, I think it's damn. this one. It just never really connects. For me, it's just a little bit too simple. That's all I have to say on this song. I think, okay, this is one more thing I will say. It was chosen as a single and I think that the song coming next would have been a far better choice. I think some things are best left as treats tucked away on albums. And I think we'll, I'm sure we're both, it'd be very clear about how we feel about the next song when the next song comes up. But just to come back to this one, uh, I really love this one. It's, it's very upbeat. It's very punchy. Um, it rises and it falls and it's just, um, it's just a lovely piece of music. So let's move into a real banger now. But also, I think we didn't talk as much nonsense, basically, <laughs> yeah, that back was then either. And that was, that was all to come. And I guess as we've eased into it, uh, it's we've talked about more things than just the album. We talk a lot more about the artist. We go off on a lot more tangents. Mm. We talk a lot more about things that we've done and things that we're listening to. Uh, and, we, and some things just absolute filth. <laughs> I mean, you can just put clips wherever you want. Yeah, this, can't you? scatter it, sc- smattering of <laughs> doing <laughs> <this>. scatter, <laughs> scat. And I can't remember at what point we started making very rude innuendos that we thought were amusing. But I have to tell you, Will, have you listened to the first album recently? No, it was on the first episode. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the people they've written for, um, they've really had their finger in many different um, artists. And that sounds, it sounds a bit, 
um, in, in the nicest, <laughs> most professional way possible. Um, we talk about them being a lovely pair, I think, and there's a few titters in the background, and I think that's where we thought. I think that's where we thought actually, because we weren't, we didn't talk about a style of what track by track was going to be. We just, you know, we we both had, uh, we've both got a very similar sense of humour in that we both like the same kind of TV shows, quite a dark sense of humour, and I think even though we didn't talk about putting that into the first episode. And I'm not saying we're a comedy podcast or anything like that, but our... I think a lot of listeners would definitely, would happily tell us we're not funny. Yes, very much so. And have done. Feedback have received. Done. Mm. But it's just that outside of music, one of our biggest passions is comedy, TV, comedy shows. So that just, that just came through. Well, and just, I think we enjoy making each other laugh. Mm. And there's a lot of pleasure to be gotten from that in life, not even when it's being recorded just in life isn't it and when you know what someone else finds funny then you can really go to town on them uh this one was written by stephen bray with regina regina I could do it again <laughs> vagina <laughs> is it regina <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Gina at the end. <laughs> I actually think when I was looking at it earlier, I did think, don't say Regina. Because <laughs> it's not Regina. <laughs> oh, God. So do you remember, because we, we did it weekly and we've, we've always done it weekly with just a few breaks. Do you remember how it felt after the first few episodes? Do you feel like we got into the swing of it quite quickly? I think we did. I just remember for ages, hardly anyone was listening. Or so it seemed. We were getting about, we were lucky to get 30 listeners, I think, in a week. And to be honest... Looking back now, I'm thinking, did I think that was good or did I think that was bad? Did I expect no one to listen or did I expect everyone to listen? I don't actually remember. But looking back now, of course, yeah, 30 listeners. It's probably both of our parents and partners and a couple of friends. My mum famously stopped listening. Yes. After a joke you made on one of those very early episodes, actually. Can you remember what it was? Yeah, it was Take That Progress. Feel this album doesn't feel that old. No, it's, it still feels like a, a new take that sound. They they came back with Beautiful World and the Circus, and they were playing on this sort of a more subdued take that, a more you know taking influences maybe from Coldplay and Keen and the kind of more mature things. They were probably the first man band around. Would you say they were definitely throwing the phrase man band around when around this when they came back and around this time as well. And I certainly think they they certainly appealed to a lot of what were their teenage fans. When they were a boy band, they were definitely aiming for that market again. Yeah. That kind of Radio 2, Housewife, uh, Wet Knicker Brigade. <laughs> I can sort of align with part of that statement. I, I wasn't The Wet Knickers. Yes. <laughs> and she stopped listening. And I had to, she stopped listening. And she told you off. Yeah. You're never too old to be told off by your mum, are you? You're not. No. Uh, does your mum listen? She... Frequently referenced... 
She's, Does she listen? No, because uh, because of what you say about her. That's what stopped her listening. No, she. I, I remember her listening to the after the first episode. I asked what she thought, and she said, "Oh, you, well, you do say mm a lot." And actually, if you do listen back, there's a lot of ums in that episode because I think it's just very natural when you when you haven't got anything to say, you don't know what to say, you just put an um in there. And even though I think we edited a lot of them out, I listened to the first episode recently and there's a lot of ums. I'm still editing a lot of your ums out of episodes five years later. Good. Good that you take them out. first 10 episodes that we did we pretty much set the tone for the sort of artists that we we were going to cover because we went through Pet Shop Boys, Duran Duran, Churches, New Order, Garbage, Madonna, Take That, Rachel Stevens, The Killers, Spice Girls, Girls Allowed and then if you look further on Sugar Babes, All Saints, Cher and then and then so on and so on. And I think there was a joke quite early on, or a line, not a real joke, don't worry, about Stuart Price. Because we didn't plan it that way, but we did a lot of Stuart Price in those first three episodes. And we made a lot of jokes about Stuart Price. Not about him, but... We would never. I think at the ba- about the fact that we were, t- we were talking about him a lot. And it was... I'm some sure someone said it was the unofficial Stuart Price podcast at yeah. some point. Which I took as a compliment. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, are you human or are you dancer? Do you know, I always wondered what exactly that meant. And if I'm really honest, I'm still not entirely sure. Perhaps we're going to find out along the course of this podcast. One thing I will point out about the album, it's the first time they've worked with a, a certain producer. If I give you one guess of who that producer is, could you, could you hesitate one? Yes. Welcome to the Stuart Price podcast. <laughs> so yeah, Stuart Price producing after he had previously remixed a few of the band's tracks under his sort of remixing alter ego Jacques Jacques Lecon is that how we're saying that Jacques Lecon oui. Uh, oui. do we do we just talk about Stuart Price albums now is that is that what we do <sighs> it feels like it in fact I think fans of track by track and I'm sure there are some out there who aren't fans of Stuart Price rest assured after this week we're having a month-long break of Stuart Price aren't we we're trying to wean ourselves off <laughs> until we come home to him for Christmas oh a Stuart Price Christmas song now that is then imagine if he did what Phil Spector did back in the 60s Christmas album if you're listening Stuart no pressure but you've probably got two months to get something done quickly yeah well Bob Geldof managed it for Band-Aid and look what he did fed the world shall we get started let's let's dive in so you've got to let me know Something that happened quite quickly as well is and that I didn't foresee happening on the podcast. I thought it was going to be quite a serious, quite highbrow music podcast. Did you? No, probably not. <laughs> Suddenly we were talking about Cook, someone that we had in our kitchen working for us. And then one of us said that a song had some quite Cynthia sounds. And then we had this battle axe of a woman in the background behind us called Cynthia Sounds and then we had the editing fairies belching and uh, adding in all these crazy sound effects and then the sound effects were just more and more and more 
there's one episode, I think it's, a, I might be right, I think it's a two-door cinema club episode that I edited. And I can't believe how many sound effects and clips of irrelevant things are in there. We, <laughs> we really took it to town for a while. Peter Out as well was another one, mm. another, another one of those characters that pops in and out. Yeah, he had he had a really clapped out old car, didn't he, at one point that backfired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stupid, ridiculous. This was the lead single from the album as well. And I love what happens. About a minute in, it just, it starts off high and then it just kicks up a gear even further. Yeah. Uh, and they really set their stall out for kind of what's to come on the rest of the album, I think, because the energy's quite relentless in this album. This um, was uh, apparently influenced or inspired by Prince and David Bowie. Yes, and I think that, that influence is kind of peppered throughout the album, isn't it? They wanted that blend of sort of approachable pop music, but that kind of twist of avant-garde kind of sound. And sprinkled, particularly more prevalent towards the end some some Cynthia sounds oh is she here she's always here there's a bag of donuts she's always with us quietly noshing in the corner (laughs) (laughs) so track number eight Dirty Air I I absolutely love that track it's my favourite one certainly my favourite single actually talk's great but um, they're all great but this and I'm going to say it well and I don't actually know what I'm going to say who it reminds me of and I think I said it actually when we talked about Franz it. Ferdinand Ooh. well them as well Duran Duran oh of course yeah it's, it's, it's certainly the verses is a real kind of uh, funky shuffle that makes me think of some of their uh, funky moments uh, and then that drum part that we were both kind of banging together to uh Really lovely, great moment. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, good morning. Good morning, Will. How are you? <laughs> good morning. Uh, that was, uh, I love the bit of synth that comes in there, the chorus. Lovely. Our, our friend Cynthia sounds back. She's finished her donuts, now she's trying to make friends with the band. That's the kind of girl Cynthia is. And if you are wondering what Cynthia looks like, do check back on our Instagram. Um, there's a wonderful picture of Will and I recording uh, and a couple of our friends there as well. An artist's impression. Yes. Which is bang on the money, actually. Very true to life. It's like a crime watch e-fit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very bass-heavy as well, this one, isn't it? I think it picks it up a gear after we went to but it's not quite... Um, I am wondering how this album is going to end. Are we going to are we going to pick it up again? Is it going to crescendo and uh, mirror the first two tracks, or is Cynthia's good friend Peter uh, going to join us as the album uh, peters out? Uh, peters out. Uh, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Oh, just wishful thinking. Not wishful thinking. Positive thinking. Positive thinking, but also because obviously I've listened to the album before today, so I know how it's going to end. This is my first time. It's not. I think there another slower, more dreamy number. It's a great time. Oh. To talk about the album artwork. Okay. The fantastic album artwork, because it is really cool, this cover. Mm, really um, okay. You've got lots of stuff going on. You've got the three boys that are uh, popping out of holes. Matron, take them away. So featuring on that track, we had Open Mike Eagle, who is uh, a hip-hop artist and comedian from Chicago. And he's a member of the hip-hop collective called Project Blowed, 
which was also a collective you were a member of uh, when you first moved to London. Disgusting! So that was not like the movies. And uh, we definitely need to get Peter over here. Peter! Come on over. Peter! Here he comes. It's Peter's out. Oh. Are you sure? Are you sure? Sorry, Peter, wait there a second. Are you sure it's Peter? Are you sure it's not a nice slow dance for the end of the, the discotheque? No, I think it has petered out. Oh. Do come over then, Peter. Take a seat. Uh, and, I mean, it's nice enough, isn't it? Uh, but uh, not for me. I would agree. It's by no means one of my favourite songs on the album. It would definitely be my bottom, I would think, three. <laughs> I just realised I've paused <laughs> at a really bad time there. <laughs> So that was a long way to go, and what a great time at the end of the album to talk about the fantastic artwork oh, on the album. Should we get Peter in for this? Uh, it's definitely petered out at the same time as well. So, Peter. Peter. I might not make it today. <laughs> so, the album artwork for this, I love this album cover. You've got Gwen sat on a massive, uh, very arty... Uh... Uh, yeah, and that first year was definitely... Yeah, those fun, funny characters and yeah. little, little, little colloquialisms that we we'd created. And can you remember like one of the first episodes when I when you thought this this is going to be something that people will listen to and, and really enjoy? I don't know when that was. I remember first hearing from people that we knew, and I was quite impressed when people that we wouldn't probably consider friends, but maybe colleagues or friends of friends, were saying to us. Oh, I really like the podcast. One person said, um, oh, it's great. It's just like listening to, it's like being in a conversation with two of my friends talking about music and I'm sat there with them. And I thought, oh, that's what this podcast is. I think uh, the Rachel Stevens episode we did for Come and Get It, which was probably in the first three months, mm. uh, was one of those first ones when people, where I realised people that we didn't know were listening to it and enjoying it as well. Right. And then... That made me think about slightly albums slightly off the beaten track yes. that have an audience that have much love for them. Because you had to, you had to persuade me to do that one. I when we lined it up first, we had like you said, Pet Shop Boys, Duran Duran, Madonna, New Order, and then you said Rachel Stevens, and I remember not really thinking that would work, but it it was absolutely the right thing to do. And and we might not have said it back then, but actually, I know I think we said it on the first episode maybe, but. There are no guilty pleasures. Now, that was something that we said quite early on, wasn't it? That no music should be a guilty pleasure. And that was something that we wanted to showcase through the podcast, that we would talk about these huge pop acts. We would talk about these obscure, more like indie acts. We would also talk about proper bands, proper like guitar instrument driven music. But then we would talk about a lot of dance music and some cheesier stuff as well and we felt and still feel really strongly about the fact that you shouldn't be a you shouldn't be a music star but you could you can enjoy all music so if it's what you like and what you enjoy that's the main thing i music snobbery i absolutely despise because i hate the idea that i can have a conversation with someone and i can say oh i really love this song by the national i really love quite a few songs by the national and really enjoyed Arctic Monkeys this year at Glastonbury. They were great. And 
there's this new sort of indie guitar band that I'm really enjoying. And, oh, and I really love this Rachel Stevens song. And they would find that hilarious or they would find that wrong somehow. I hate that idea that, you know, that there's some music's better than others, some music's worse than others. Mm. I hate that. Remember our first Christmas? Yeah, oh, it sounds like we have a couple and it's our first Christmas. I do, how could I forget? And I think one of the things we should say as well about recording back then, back in the first year, was, uh, and it definitely happened at Christmas, we drank a lot. Yeah, we used to drink heavily whilst we were recording. And I think in the early days, part of it was like to loosen up. Yeah, definitely. Um, because we were nervous and needed to kind of get in the right zone for doing it and then there's the share believe episode was i remember editing that (laughs) one and it was so difficult because you were slurring your words really badly we're having a drink today because it's our birthday but we have reminded me to take a drink we have rode back on that a, a bit quite a bit now and we don't on the whole have a drink whilst we're recording anymore very professional uh but also we don't record face to face we're doing it today uh, but we don't record face-to-face because another thing that happened over five years was I moved out of London and moved to Bristol. A lot happens in five years. I, I mean, co- we, haven't got co- we haven't spoken about COVID yet, which we, we, we will, but what I was going to say... Something to look forward to. Sorry, yeah, to back to Christmas. To Christmas. I think we've our first Christmas, we did that wonderful Sia album. Yeah. Remember Puppies Are Forever? Oh. Puppies Are Lovely. And so are older dogs so as well. So are older dogs as well. And then we said that for a, a yeah. lot yeah. of years afterwards. Also, Sia shares a very important message. Yes. A dog or a puppy is for life and not just for Christmas. RSPCA have been banging that one out since I was a lad. Um, well, and it's still needed, I think, because puppies are lovely. And so are older dogs. And so are older dogs as well. Yeah. But what a fun song. What a fun song. What a wonderful start. And I love that. I know you mentioned it in the last episode. It's a wall of sound, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. That style. It's been, it was replicated in the episode yesterday by Sia and some of the songs like Puppies Are Forever in particular. Aww. We're still talking about those puppies, aren't puppies we? Puppies are lovely. Mm. And so are older dogs as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true meaning of Christmas. I'd, I'd like to believe, like Sia's puppies yesterday, mm. I don't mean her breasts. <laughs> that they were actually there in the studio. Mm. Hello, this is Danville and Will Warren. It is so difficult at this time to say words that would express our feelings about the podcast to which you have just listened a podcast that has been in the planning for many, many months. First, let us thank all the people who work so hard with us in the production of this podcast and in our, in our endeavour and desire. 
to bring something new and different to the podcast of Christmas and to the recording industry which is so much a part of our lives. Of course, the biggest thanks goes to you for giving us the opportunity to relate our feelings of Christmas through the music that we love. You got a little something in your eye there. I think it's just that scented candle again that <laughs> caught me. Cut you unaware. <laughs> but we, apart from doing that Sia album and the Phil Spector album, we didn't go as heavy on like end of year Christmas episodes as we did then for the following years. I think we really leaned into celebrating Christmas and yeah. making more of like wrapping up the year as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's another thing. We both love pop music. We both love the same humour and we both really love Christmas as well. So it felt so right to do that. We've done some amazing Christmas albums going forward. But yeah, as you say, we always do now. We do further listening Christmas specials on Patreon, which is our favourite unheard Christmas tracks. We've done that for, we were doing that for the third time this year. And yeah, we do our top 20 or 40 depending on uh, how much time we've got countdowns of singles and of albums as well and i love we both i think we both love that time of year don't we just the end of the year looking back on the year celebrating christmas so to do that with the podcast Mm. it's pretty nice and what's your favorite christmas album that we've done oh i think it would be the seer one actually because it's a brand new collection of brand new songs and they're all amazing I would have to say The Girls Allowed Chemistry Christmas ah, Disc. Yes. I forgot about that one. New Christmas episodes coming this year. Yes. Now, we've got to talk about that first Glastonbury year. Yes. When we went to Glastonbury, this was, what, 2019? 2019, yeah. Uh, and we took our little handheld recording device with us, didn't we? We did. Big mistake. Big mistake. It's not designed for outdoor spaces. No. And I think we were we struggled with the noise and we also struggled with the toll that Glastonbury can take. And I can remember we did not know, you in particular, just could not get a handle on what day it was uh, so and who we were talking about on any given moment. We were... I think we uh, we planned to record at the end of every day, didn't we? Yeah. And then put it into an episode. And then for some reason on one of the days, we couldn't record. So we had to do it the next morning or something like that. And trying to be either drunk or hungover and pretend to be on the day before or the day after or whatever. Very confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what uh, today has to bring and we'll come back to you. So yeah, we'll, we'll be speaking tomorrow. Who's that in the background? <laughs> There's that stops over there. <laughs> so we'll be back with you from tomorrow, Monday morning. Uh, and I suppose, Dan and Will, how are you feeling after that five-day, four or five-day bender? Quite. Well, we'll leave it at that then. So, Dan, how are you feeling this morning? Good morning. Oh, absolutely fine. It's fresh as a daisy. How oh, are you? A bit weary. You look... Absolutely terrible. I'm sure you won't mind me saying that. Uh, I think I would a bit. <laughs> and something else we've done every year, of course, Eurovision. Yes, and I think we've gotten more and more into Eurovision as a podcast as the years have gone on. Uh, gutted that we didn't go to Liverpool. But we are going next year. But we are going Sweden. to Sweden. Yeah, we're booked. 
We have booked. We're going to see ABBA live celebrating their 50th anniversary. Uh, no, that's not confirmed, is it? Well, <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what we did say on the Share Dancing Queen episode that I listened to quite recently. We talked about there being two new songs, and I said... It was promised. Not promised. Well, yes, it was promised. It was promised <laughs> we were going to get it by the end of the year. Two new tracks. It's since been delayed. It's not coming until next summer. Now, I don't want to start any rumours on this podcast. But I wonder if it's because they've realised that the new songs are so good, they're actually making an album. Well, that would be a nice interpretation of a delay. Yeah. So. Oh, so you're saying you were right, basically. Well, <laughs> just putting it out there. What's it called? Manifesting. I, manife- yeah. I manifested that. So I'm manifesting ABBA being at Sweden with us. But um, you're right, because on that first Eurovision episode, and, and that was one of the very first times we deviated from a going track by track to mm-hmm. an album. We decided... I think the Brit Awards was the first one we did that. And then we did Eurovision, then we did Glastonbury, and we've done lots of other special edition episodes, as we called them. But the first Eurovision episode, I think I say on there, I'm not really that into Eurovision. I never really get into it. Now, oh, you, yeah. within five years, that's completely changed. I love Eurovision. Um, but this is the moment of the podcast where I have to put my cards on the table and say, I've only ever watched the Eurovision Song Contest twice in my life. I've never really followed it. So... You're very much going to be guiding me through this episode. You're the, the big slobbery golden lab for this one. <laughs> That's lovely. So tomorrow evening you'll be three times the lady. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think hopefully it's safe to say by releasing this special Eurovision episode, uh, with for a lot of our listeners, we are very much preaching to the perverted. Converted. Converted. Conver- converted. The choir. Uh, yes. Abs- works with your first. Yes, that's much, that's much nicer. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm not. We're not going to ask the, the the question that you get asked ten thousand times a year. But I would just yeah. love to know what that experience was like for you playing at the Eurovision Village this year because it just Eurovision took over the country. I think people who didn't even used to mm. have, have respect for it or enjoy it, whatever, people went mm. crazy for your Eurovision. How was it for you? And did it change what Eurovision was for you? I've kind of been a fan. I've always watched it. I've never. I'm. You know. I haven't. I've never really gotten too into it, but I watch it every year and I love the scoring and all that, you know, as well as the performances. It was incredible. I've never really seen anything like it. The crowd that was there was enormous. You couldn't even see the back of it because it was kind of all along the on the river. And it was just huge. And everybody that was there is so invested and so into it. You, uh, you like having people over and getting absolutely leathered. Yes. <laughs> Nothing to do with your vision, that, but... <laughs> Any excuse yeah. to have people over and get leathered and get them leathered and get them in leathers. Yes, yes and yes. <laughs> now, we've got to talk about COVID. Have we got to? 